Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is February 29th, and we are here in the Bible reading plan, reading through the Bible one chapter at a time. Today, we'll be reading from Acts chapter 20. When the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and, after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed three months. Because some Jews had plotted against him just as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy also, Antichus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas, but we sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread, and five days later joined the others at Troas, where we stayed seven days. On the first day of the week we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and, because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed to Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and went on to Metilene. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived at Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos, and on the following day, arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, Compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, 
I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves in all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. This concludes the reading of Acts chapter 20. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. Persecution. Have you ever heard that word before? You ever thought about what it feels like to be persecuted? Not long ago, I was talking with our young students. And some of them talked about how they get persecuted on social media. And by that, they meant that whenever they post something about God, people say mean things or make fun of them or maybe even try to contradict them. That is the extent of most of our persecution here in the United States. And unfortunately, it's also enough to cause most Christians to be quiet and not share their love for Jesus. Yet look at Paul. He has been traveling around everywhere trying to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. And as he's done that, he's been beaten up, thrown out of cities, and even tried to be killed. And now he is leaving all the people he has been working with. And he's telling them that he's going to Jerusalem and there he'll probably be put in chains. Yet he's still about to get on a ship and go. Why? Because he knows the love of God is more important than his own comfort. And he wants other people to know about that love at whatever the cost. So he's willing to do whatever it takes to let people know about God. Which, just so you know, as a pastor who makes a living preaching and telling people about Jesus, I still understand how easy it is to back away and be worried about what people might say or think. I love when I get to meet with friends and other people, and I get to pray with them in public spaces. But there's been times where when I'm with somebody and we're at a Starbucks or a restaurant, and I say, hey, let's pray. Before I could even start praying, thoughts start going through my head. What are people going to say? What are they thinking about me? Are they looking at me weird? My eyes are closed and I'm praying. Are they doing something towards me? But then I find the strength to push those thoughts aside and say, 
it's more worth it that I pray with this person and I believe God's best over them than it is for people to think I'm cool or to think that I'm someone interesting. I don't care what they think about me. What I care about is that I get the chance to be God's vessel, to minister to somebody in pain and to bring them hope and life in the middle of their storm. If I'm more worried about my comfort in that moment, I may miss the opportunity for God to set someone free because of the work he's doing through me. So let me encourage you today. God has placed you somewhere where he desires to use you to show people of his goodness. But if you're too worried about what they might think about you or what they might do to you, then the people around you are missing the blessing that God designed you to be. And because they're missing that, you're missing a blessing by being that person to them. So wherever you go today, whatever it is you put your hands to, or wherever you find yourself, or whatever conversations you find yourself in, let God use you to not worry about how you feel or what you think, but to be a vessel that he can use to share his love to all people. Because as you do that, you will feel the blessings of God in your life. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Thank you.